This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law, joining us via Skype. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It's uh, great to be here, and I am so happy to be joined today by my wonderful colleague, uh, Donna Davis, who uh, is a tax professor here, among other things. She teaches lots of different courses, including uh, first-year contracts. She also builds furniture and a very, very talented, wonderful person. Uh, She uh, started our VITA, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Tax Clinic here at at the university. And so uh, we're excited to have her today to talk about that and some of the changes that have taken place uh, in the tax law. Welcome, Professor Davis. We are glad to have you again on uh, In Legal Terms uh, once again. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So tell us about starting the the VITA Clinic, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Well, to be honest, I didn't really start it. The students started it as a pro bono initiative and dragged me into it after they were already up and running. Um, And uh, I've been delighted to be included, but I really can't claim ownership of it. It was really a a very uh, wonderful uh, undertaking by our students. And those students actually uh, were awarded uh, for their efforts a few years ago in Jackson and uh, for pro bono, their, their work for uh, the community. So it's great work. We love doing it. It's, it's a good service for the community, and, and uh, the students are just delightful. So when you do the, the, the VITA program, what, what type of matters do you all handle? Um, It's uh, assistance for moderate and and low-income people, and so we see a lot of uh, uh, domestic taxpayers, residents with their W-2s and their 1099s and their uh, dependents and and a lot of those issues. We see a lot of earned income tax credit issues, Um, and then we also see uh, a lot of foreign students, and, and, and they're challenging. Let's go. So now, obviously, you have training, and you know you, you've spent, uh, you've gotten your LLM from the University of Florida, and you practiced, and, and now you've taught tax for a while. But how do the students? How are they trained for this program? Um, there, there are two pieces to the training that, that the students do. Um, one is IRS required training because they have to be certified at a certain level in order to uh, prepare returns for other taxpayers. And then I have a series of classes uh, as, as well. So between the IRS training and, and the classroom work we do, uh, they're pretty prepared to, to hit the ground running when, when, when we start. The certification is 
is rigorous. And so, um, and, and I require that the students have the advanced certification so we can help more people. Um, and the students just step up and, and uh, do the training and get themselves certified. It's really fantastic. You mentioned advanced training. What, so what now, what can they offer? When, if, if I was a taxpayer and I wanted to, to, and I qualified for VITA help, what kind of things could they help me with as advanced trainees? Um, there are um, certain topics that if you just have the basic credential, you can't do. And so a lot of things where people are getting not a W-2, but a 1099 uh, and, and maybe have some d- business deductions, those sorts of things, our, our students can help with that. Uh, also, just more more complex uh, situations with dependents and, and uh, uh, credits. Um, but basically, we, we handle only individuals, um, and um, we see we see a lot of W two returns. Uh, we we see a lot of um, 1099s where people need a little more help. This morning, we're talking about filing your 2018 taxes. I know I've gotten my paperwork out and tried to dig it all into that so that I'll be ready to do mine in the the next weekends. And listeners, if you have a question about where to go for tax help or how the tax law has changed, this is your chance. Don't wait to the end of the hour. Give us a call. one 877 mpb ring that's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. So at uh, Professor Davis, at the university in Oxford there, there is times set aside. There's a place where individuals in the Lafayette County area can come in for assistance. Yes, that's exactly right. We um, do. We provide our services on on Tuesday and Thursday, three thirty to six thirty. Um, but taxpayers show up early and start lining up, so you got to get there early if you want to get in before six thirty. Uh, and uh, we we do this at the public library, the Lafayette Oxford uh, Library, public library, and uh, we do it there because, uh, among other things, parking is so difficult on campus. It's hard for people to come here, so. We go to where the taxpayers uh, are, and, and we get a lot of word-of-mouth business from the, from the library just being there. Um, and we'll be there every Tuesday, Thursday, except for spring break, uh, which is March 12th and 14th. And we're going to have, and we have a couple of extra days on Friday, because we'll have some taxpayers, especially graduate students at the university, who are taking classes on Tuesday and Thursday and can't can't make it on Tuesday and Thursday. So we have uh, a Friday uh, event coming up on March 29th. We'll be there from one to five, and and we just have the occasional Friday for those people who can't make the Tuesday Thursday schedule. You know, I always think about what you mentioned the library and in the old days, that's where you went to get your tax forms. Right. You know, and so now and I remember doing a Vita clinic a long time ago, back in the dark ages where we we didn't even have a copy machine. We had used carbon paper. What do you do now? Do you use is it all electronic? Um, Pretty much everything is electronic. Uh, We have IRS uh, supplied software called TaxLayer Pro, and we use that to uh, complete the returns and almost 
almost all of them are submitted online electronically. Uh, and most people ask for a direct deposit back to their uh, checking account. And so it's it's very uh, not paper intensive uh, and, and it all goes much more quickly than if you send in a paper return and wait for a check to come back. Um, there's certain returns that we have to do in paper that can't be electronically filed, but almost almost uh, every, everyone else goes ahead and does the electronic filing. So how do I qualify? If, so if I come in and, and I, is there, you mentioned income limits and things like that. So if I make a million dollars a year, <laughs> I probably should be doing my own taxes or paying somebody to do it. But, but how, what are the limits? Uh, good for you, but we're not doing your taxes. <laughs> um, the, the upper limit is $55,000 for uh, your household, uh, and so if you're married filing separately, you, you, the total would be $55,000. Uh, and other than that, we do simple, like, like I said, we do simple 1099s if someone has a, a, an owner business, an independent business, or if you work for someone who gives you a 1099 form, we can we can do those. Uh, we can do all of your child credits and earned income credits. And, and so if you're below that, that income level, uh, we, we can pretty much do your return. All right. We're going to continue with our discussion of the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program after the break. If you have questions about the laws concerning the new tax laws, now I'm afraid uh, Professor Davis and Professor Gershon are not going to do your taxes for you, but we're here to give you some help on where you can get information. Give us a call. Our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. And where can you find a VITA tax preparer near you? If you're not in the Lafayette, Oxford University area, we'll tell you when we come back from the break. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Not everyone has the chance to listen to our show, whole show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law with our guest, Professor Donna Davis. Now, the IRS has a website. It's Free Tax Return Preparation for Qualified Taxpayers. That's that's a, a mouthful, and you, you probably wouldn't get the website if I just gave it over the air. But it talks about VITA and gives you links to preparers in your zip code and surrounding area. And we realize that not everyone, not all of our listeners do have access to the Internet uh, readily. So if you call us this morning and you tell our call screen, 
screener your zip code, have a pen and paper, and she can tell you the name of a VITA program near you. We do have a bunch of a couple of calls this morning, so we uh, want you to be sure if you have a question, go ahead and uh, call in or send us an email. This morning, we're talking about the volunteer income tax assistance clinics, the new tax laws, with our guest Professor Donna Davis, and our number is one. 1- 877-672-7464. We're going to go ahead and take our first call. Doris, thanks for calling from Pontotoc. Go ahead. Thank you for your program. Oh, we're pleased to present, present it to you. Okay, so I'm, I'm wondering, um, are, uh, in the new tax laws, uh, are there still the deductions uh, for... Uh, home mortgage or um, the uh, for student loan, uh, those kinds of things that were in the previous one. If you could just give us some uh, idea of what the may, I, I suppose there are many, but some of the major differences between the old and the new laws. Because I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to take the standard deduction now under the new tax law, should I, uh, you know, continue to uh, get all of my paperwork together for uh, the deductions that are under the old tax law? Does that make sense? It does, Doris. Thanks. Uh, 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 Professor Davis, Were you? Uh, can you give us a little rundown on itemizing versus uh, standard deduction? Sure. More people will will probably itemize now because the, uh, I'm sorry, we'll probably take the standard deduction. I said that backwards. We'll probably take the standard deduction because it has gone up. Uh, And so, for uh, example, for a married couple, it's $24,000. And many people, um, especially in lower tax states, just don't have that many itemized deductions. But uh, your student tax, your student interest deduction is still there. um, And you can get that even if you do not itemize. Uh, And uh, then your charitable contributions and your mortgage interest and your real property taxes, all of those things are still deductible. That hasn't changed. It's just that because the standard deduction has gotten bigger, it's more advantageous for more people to take the standard deduction. All right. That I I am extremely excited to hear that the student interest is deductible even if you don't itemize. We have a I am the tax preparer for some of the kids in my family and that that's very good to know. That's great. Well, go ahead, Liz. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we have a, another question. We have another caller. We'd like to go to Galen is calling from Meridian. Thanks for calling in today, Galen. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I'm calling in reference to filing a 1099, and I'm wanting to know, is it possible to claim my kids um, for an earned income tax credit? Oh, okay. Those those are uh, t- two separate questions. And so the first one is uh, some advice about your 1099. Um, that's that's a, a pretty 
common uh, common occurrence, and so your preparer will put that 1099 um, on a different form, and that form will ask how much 1099 income you had, and whether you had any deductions, uh, any expenses of earning that income, um, and the difference between those two, uh, what you earned on your 1099, and your expenses of generating that income, uh, will be reported on your in, your tax return as income, and you'll pay tax on that. The the surprise that people run into often is that when they get a 1099 and they're used to getting a W-2, they're surprised by the Social Security provisions. And so when you are an employee, your employer pays half of that. When you get a 1099, the taxpayer, the individual pays the whole amount of the Social Security and, and other uh, other taxes, uh, and, and that comes as a surprise to people sometimes. Uh, so just be aware, if you're getting a 1099, you're going to owe that Social Security tax as well. 15% into the Social Security. I'm sorry? I've been paying that 15% in. Oh, good. Okay. So that's that's great. You are ahead of the game uh, because a lot of people, have that, that comes as an ugly surprise to them at the end of the year. Um, as for taking your children for the EIC, um, that, that's kind of a long uh, analysis. Um, it, it, do they, it, it depends on whether they live with you and how long they live with you and what your income level is. Um, and and uh, just a, a host of, of things. Um, how do you usually do your taxes? Do you do them yourself? No, I'm I'm not that knowledgeable to do them myself. I usually go to um, a service. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And and they'll walk you through the series of questions that they need to go through to, to be able to see if your children qualify uh, for, for the EIC? Okay. And and it's, it's it's just too long to get into right 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 now, um, and, and too many specifics. I understand. I certainly appreciate your assistance. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Galen. Well, uh, Professor Davis, we had touched on a little bit on some of the changes that affected our 2018 tax return. This is the first year that we'll be under this Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2019. What what all can we expect? Um, it, it just it varies very much from taxpayer to taxpayer, um, and some of the changes took place in 2017. Some of them are kicking in now, um, but we. Um, for individuals, one of the biggest changes is the higher standard deduction, but you give up your personal exemptions, um, but the child tax credit has gone up, uh, but it has more limitations than the old deduction, uh, exemption deduction had. And so it's just a mixed bag what effect it's going to have for, uh, for taxpayers, for people who... Um, have moderate income and not very many children and live in a to low tax state, um, they may well see some benefits from, from the changes. If you have uh, more than two children or you live in a high tax state uh, or you're paying a big mortgage, um, you may end up with a, with a surprise at the end of the, uh, of the year uh, and end up owing money when you didn't anticipate it. 
We want to remind our listeners that we're talking with Professor Donna Davis. She's at the University of Mississippi School of Law with Professor Richard Gershon. We're talking about the new tax laws, the Vita Clinics. Give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 1- If you're interested in knowing where a Vita tax clinic near you, give us a call. Our uh, uh, Michelle, our call screener, can type in your zip code and find that out. Um, We'll also have the website where you can find that information when our show is put on online later this afternoon. So I want to know, uh, when, you know, when uh, someone comes to the clinic, you want them to be prepared. Uh, obviously, it'll help them. It'll help you. What should they bring with them? We hate to turn people away, but often people come without full documentation, um, and we invite them to, to, to come back, but you need to bring certain things with you. The first thing you need to bring is your Social Security card and uh, the Social Security card of your spouse if you're filing jointly, well, and your spouse if you're filing jointly, um, and the Social Security card for any uh, dependents that you want to claim. You need a, a photographic identification, uh, and, and then it depends on the taxpayer. Bring all of your income items, your income uh, forms that you've gotten. Those are your W-2s and your 1099 uh, uh, forms. Uh, if you have retirement income or Social Security income, you want to bring all those items in with you. Uh, if you're a student and you've received some scholarship information, inf- uh, some scholarships, you need to bring that information in, and you should get what's called a 1098T to bring with you. Um, and if you're an international student, bring your passport. Well, you mentioned international students, so you, there are a lot of we have a lot of international students on campus, and you know they have, they do have to file tax returns even they, if they're not they U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. So how do you help them? Um, we, in addition to the advanced uh, certification requirement, uh, a requirement of the course is to have your foreign student certification specifically so we can help the number of international students we have here at the university. Um, and uh, again, there's a lot of variety with, within them. Uh, and so you need to bring that passport with you and uh, you get a, a a W-2 if you've been working as, as an employee, and you also get a form with your scholarship information, so, so bring that. Um, but it depends on where you're from uh, and how you get taxed. And so if, for example, uh, you're from uh, Korea, that's a different situation than if you're from the U.K., and that's different than if you're from China. Uh, and so it's a fairly complicated uh, certification for our students to get, and I'm so proud of them because they all get it. Uh, and so we can help those, those international students. In, in part, we have treaties with some countries, and so one of the um, uh, situations we run into is an international student coming in and saying, well, my friend got all of their taxes back. Why can't I get all of my taxes back? And the answer is usually, well, you're from a different country and the treaty provisions are different. And it seems to me one of the things I remember from doing a couple of the foreign returns before y'all really got going is that 
they were scared because they get you know they're dealing with a foreign government they're dealing with our government which is foreign to them and all of a sudden they they understand they have to file this these taxes and they're worried they're going to get thrown to jail or something like that so y'all y'all help them tremendously we enjoy them they're they we get to just meet people from all over the world it's it, it makes the clinic fascinating that's great so um, now we, we're going back to uh, a little bit of the, the changes. What in the Vita Clinic? What have you seen having the biggest impact? You know, in addition to the higher standard deduction, are there things that people are being surprised about? We're, we're running into a lot of taxpayers who are either getting a lower tax refund than they expected or no tax refund or even owing money when in previous years they haven't had that situation. And so we've had some disappointed taxpayers who came in um, expecting a refund in the in the um, sort of range that their refund usually comes in, only to find out that it's either much less or they're not getting one at, at, at all. Um, and that has to do with the withholding that was done over the course of the year. And so there was less withholding done. And so now they get to the end of the year and there's less refund to be had. Is that really all bad, though? I mean, in, in some ways, I always think if I get a big refund, it just means I prepaid the government. And they got to use my money free of you know, free of interest for, for part of the year. Uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, from, from my slightly cranky provision, I want to come out at the end of the year owing them a little bit of money. Not not too much, but a little bit. Uh, other people view it very differently. They want to be absolutely sure that they're not going to have a tax bill at the end of the year, and so they want to be very careful about having enough withheld because there are penalties if you don't have enough withheld. Other people use it as a, as a mechanism of forced savings, uh, and so they can on their refund for large ticket purchases um, and you're loaning your money to the government at, at a zero interest rate but um, if you don't have e- easy access to a savings account uh, or a checking account it might be a, a mechanism that helps you do that saving. I would like to remind our listeners, as uh, Professor Gershon is, is soon to find out, as your family situation changes and those dependents become not dependents anymore, then you may need to take and reevaluate uh, how much you have withheld and uh, be sure to follow the IRS instructions. Is that the, the W-4 that you fill out and, and read to say how much you want to have withheld from your paycheck? Absolutely. And all of our taxpayers that are ending up uh, owing money when they didn't anticipate it, we're counseling all of them to go to their human resources department and fill out a new W-4 to get some some more realistic withholding uh, so they don't end up owing at the end of the year. or just simply ask the uh, your employer to hold out a little more uh, each uh, pay cycle. So you can do those things on your W-4 form and make sure you don't end up in that position at the end of the year. We're talking with Professor Donna Davis about Vita Tax Clinics for lower-income taxpayers. Please give us a call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7466. For your questions, you can also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. What help and tools does the IRS offer? We'll remind you about those items when we come back from the break. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. There are many different podcasting platforms. I like Podcast Addict. I downloaded it to my phone. I touched the plus that took me to the page to search for podcasts. Then I typed in In Legal Terms in the search area, and it just brings up In Legal Terms. I'm then able to touch the photo and then subscribe, and I'm notified when ever any new episodes are loaded up. This morning, we're talking about the 2018 tax laws, about the VITA tax clinics, which we'd like to invite you if you don't have a question, but you're interested in knowing if there's a VITA volunteer income tax assistance clinic near you, you can give us a call and our call screener, Michelle, will type in your zip code and pull up some that uh, may be near your home. Our guest is Professor Donna Davis uh, with the University of Mississippi School of Law. And if you do have a, a computer at your home, the IRS website has free file website links. There's a Where's My Refund website, Taxpayer Assistance Center locations, and a place to change your address. That's all at irs.gov slash help slash tools. And if you call in, we'll be sure to tell you where a volunteer income tax assistance clinic is near you. And remember, our phone number is one 877 672-7464. We're glad that Nancy has called in from Jackson. Nancy, go ahead, please. Hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I just got my 1099 composite uh, papers from my brokerage firm, and I'm seeing now they have broken out Section 199A dividends from, I guess, either your ordinary dividends or your qualified dividends. And when I go to the explanations, it says, shows dividends eligible for a 20% qualified business income deduction under Section 199A. And this deals with REITs. Uh, apparently. So what I'm wondering, do I have to use a business form for this, or is there going to be a section in the uh, uh, in the uh, regular dividend section that I will be using? Okay. Um, yes, REITs are one of those things that, that qualify for the, one, uh, the Section 199 Cap A uh, d- deduction. Um, I haven't run into that yet, so I don't know exactly where it shows up on the form, um, but you will be filing a, 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 this is from your broker, right? Is that what you said? Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I imagine that there's going to be some some direction uh, of, of where to where to claim it. Um, I don't think you're going to – I don't think you'd fill out a Schedule C for that. I don't think you fill out a business – you have to fill out a business okay. return. Um, That's what I was wondering. But it's, okay. it's, a, it's not part of your business deductions. It, it's, it's a deduction that you get in addition to your standard deduction and your um, – and, and your um, – 
and, right, well, these well, are you don't get personal exemptions anymore. About. So it just it just shows up on the on the main uh, main form on the 1040 uh, uh, return, right. and uh, it, it, you'll just have a slot where that that fills in. And basically, what your broker is telling you is that because you had those REITs, you're entitled to that deduction, which is new. Right, Why right. That, that, that's ask, what I was I'm just sorry, wondering. It, it's a 20 percent. Uh, you can reduce these amounts by 20 percent. So I'm assuming that someplace in some of these new statements, they're new statements even. So, you know, things have yes. changed, changed quite a lot. Yes. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt, Nancy. I just want to know why that uh, the, the 199A deduction is really kind of interesting. And, and why why did they what, what is it supposed to do exactly? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> why did they break this out? I can't imagine why they broke this out of either your qualified dividends or your ordinary. I, I don't understand that. So if you all can help with that, that would be lovely. Yeah, 199A is 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 a bit of a mixed bag, and it's not completely clear uh, exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, and they don't don't feel bad if you're confused about it. The IRS recently came out with 180 pages of regulations to explain Section 199 Cap A, which I confess I have not made it through all of them yet. But so don't 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 feel alone if you if you're kind of confused by this. Um, in part, the reason for 199 cap A is because the corporate rate came down. Now that sounds kind of strange, but what Congress was trying to do is tax business earnings, whether they came through corporate form or whether they came through a, a partnership or an LLC or a sole proprietorship. Tax all of that those business earnings at roughly the same rate. And so since the highest uh, income rate is 37%, you're given a deduction for that business income, and the REITs are considered business income. Uh, and so you're given that deduction. And what that does is just pulls your rate down. So the earnings on, on all business income is, like, like I said, sort of in, in, in a rough justice kind of way taxed at the same rates. All right. Thanks, Nancy. We hope that uh, helped. And we will have a link to the IRS.gov newsroom about the Section 199A provisions. But now we're going to move on to William. William, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Enjoy the show. I I only had health insurance uh, for five months. And I wonder how I'm supposed to handle that on the uh, tax form. Okay. That, that's a common thing we're seeing in the clinic as, as well. Um, a lot of people got the idea that the shared responsibility payment had been uh, taken away by the by the 2017 Act. In fact, it still applies for this year, um, this year's returns, what we're filing now, the 2018 returns. Uh, it won't for next year and, unless there's some change. But the, there are two questions. One is, did you have health insurance for the whole year? And, and you didn't. Uh, and the next question is, are you going to owe that shared responsibility payment? And that depends on your income level, 
um, and whether uh, insurance was affordable for you. And so you have to uh, run through the exemptions from the penalty to find out if you're going to pay it or not. Um, okay. If you're within 138% of federal poverty guidelines, uh, because Mississippi did not expand Medicaid when it had the opportunity to do so, um, then that's an exemption. Uh, and then after that, you have to look at your own individual income and circumstances and how many people in your household um, and what insurance is available to you to find out uh, if, if you, you are going to owe that penalty or not. Okay, thank you very much. All right, William, we appreciate you calling in. Um, We're going to take a break now, and we're going to do a little bit of uh, research. Uh, Professor Davis, we had a caller who was from Leak County and was trying, we didn't see on the IRS page where they could find assistance. We're going to try to find out where uh, you can get assistance for help on filing your taxes. But we also have a list of where you can get pampered and get free food or uh, retail specials on tax day. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. You can also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for being a part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. On the webpage for this show, we'll have a link to offers.com they have a blog post about free food and special offers from restaurants and retailers like Chuck E. Cheese Sonny's Barbecue Lancome, eBay, Best Buy Omaha Steaks they want to make your tax day a little easier and a number of retailers have specials on the the tax day and this year it's again it's not april 15th it's april 17th isn't that correct professor davis uh yes uh it, it is because of a, a, sta- a, a ho- local holiday in Washington, D.C., taxes yes. are due April 17th. And we have been speaking with Professor Donna Davis, and she has been on our show many times, but we don't really recommend you go back and listen because the tax laws have changed. But we're very pleased she could be with us today. And I'm sure our two callers that we uh, have waiting, they're happy that she's here. Let's go ahead and go to Kelly, who's calling from Jackson. Kelling, I'm glad that uh, you've called in today. Go ahead. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Professor Gershon. It's uh, Kelly Kyle. I've been pleased to be on your show a couple of times. I'm listening this morning as I'm driving uh, to one of my offices uh, over in Louisiana. But 
when you were talking about the information you can get for free on the IRS website, I just wanted to point out something that uh, some of my clients have told me about. If you're not careful, if you actually end up uh, on another website, and there are some out there that will uh, try to get your your search uh, over to their site, they will charge you for some of these services that the IRS will provide you for free. They'll try to charge you for forms. They will try to charge you for uh, submitting the SS4 to get a taxpayer ID number. So you always need to be very careful that uh, you put irs.gov in the browser window, not in a search window or something like that, because, uh, again, those uh websites that are trying to make a buck off of you will uh, charge you for things that you could otherwise get for free. Thank you very much. All right. Now we have Julie in Columbus. Julie, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Okay. um, So I'm calling about an LLC, uh, you know, um, a very small business. Uh, I have a small business, but not much business yet. <laughs> so I'm wondering uh, what determines whether or not uh, a small business gets a tax ID number. And secondly, um, uh, is there a minimum amount that a small business can make before having to uh, file tax? Okay. Uh, again, a couple questions there, and, and let's break them out. Um, if you have an LLC, uh, and that is how you're running, you're running your small business inside that LLC. It will need an e, uh, a taxpayer identification number. It will need an EIN, uh, and and you can go on the website and and get one of those relatively easily. Um, the the next question is about uh, is there a threshold at which you have to pay taxes? If if you're working as an LLC, all of that income and all of those deductions will be reported on your individual form. And so it's the same threshold uh, as as it would be for you as an individual anyway. There's nothing different about that. Okay. One final thing. Uh, I just wanted to let the listeners know the scammers are out there. I received a call uh, yesterday from uh, a, a person threatening that, you know, the IRS was going to, uh, you know, uh, it did say incarcerate, but they were going to uh, do something if I didn't call that number or whatever. And so, I, of course, I didn't call that number and I automatically blocked it on my phone. But uh, should I call the Secretary of State's office about that? Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, that is a that is a big problem. A lot of those scams are going on, and everyone should know that the IRS will never call you up and threaten to do things to you uh, unless you make a payment right now. That just it, it doesn't happen. That's not how the IRS works. And so, if you get that kind of call, absolutely do not respond to it. They are they are you're absolutely right. They're scammers. Um, you can call the. Um, Secretary of State, you could also call the IRS uh, and, and, and report those kinds of calls. That, that's very helpful. It helps chase them down and get them shut down. Okay, and thank you again for your information. Thank you so much for calling. 
All right. And now we're going to go to our last call is Cheryl in Clarksdale. Cheryl, thanks for calling in legal terms today. Thanks for taking my call. Um, We've heard a lot today about federal taxes, but what about Mississippi state taxes? And where do we get forms this year? Is everything online? Um, How does that work for our state taxes? Um, Actually, that's a very good question, too. Thank you for bringing that up. If you file on one of the commercial software packages, it will do your Mississippi return for you at the same time. And that's fairly straightforward because Mississippi just picks up the the federal tax income number and and applies the the Mississippi rates to that, Um, keeping in mind that if you have pension income or retirement income, you don't don't pay tax on that in Mississippi, although you will for the for federal purposes. Um, you can pick up the, the returns uh, uh, so, some places. More and more states and, and the federal uh, IRS are not making a lot of paper uh, forms available. You can go online and print them out. Uh, and that's probably the easiest way to get them rather than trying to chase them down. Uh, and and so you can just go on to the, um, uh, the Secretary of State's office and, and, and find those forms. Thank you, Cheryl, for calling in. Uh, to recap a little bit of our hour, we've talked about the volunteer income tax assistance programs. There is a website where you can go and type in your zip code that will bring up Uh, places near you that are performing it. Sometimes they're at libraries. Sometimes they're at churches or schools. Um, The IRS has a phone number that is answered 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That phone number is 1-800-829-1040. So if you wanted to call the IRS directly, it's 1-800-829-1040. And then there are also uh, taxpayer assistance centers. And according to the IRS website in Mississippi, uh, the IRS has assistance centers where you can walk in in uh, Columbus, Gulfport, Hattiesburg, and Jackson. If, if you're calling the, the IRS helpline right now, um, I can tell you that you need to set aside some time to be on hold and to be patient um, because they are uh, a little overwhelmed right now. I've, I've been uh, trying to get through, and it's not easy. Uh, it, call first thing in the morning. Uh, that, you, that increases your chances of getting through some, uh, but there are fairly long wait times, so just make sure you get your cup of coffee and, and settle in to wait before you dial that number. That's right. Um, Well, uh, we have about three minutes left. Uh, Professor Davis, Professor Donna Davis, is our uh, expert guest, uh, tax professor at the university, uh, tax law professor at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Uh, What can you leave us with? The, 
Again, this year, people are en- ending up under withheld and they're owing tax liability in, in situations where they didn't anticipate it. And it may be a new experience for them. Um, and uh, it runs all up and down the income uh, chain of, of who's going to end up under withheld. Uh, it's, it's kind of um, erratic. And so the, what I'd like to leave people with is if you end up in that unfortunate situation when you are owing money and you didn't anticipate it, if you cannot pay it currently, make sure you make arrangements to pay it. You can enter into a payment plan with the IRS. Uh, you can um, uh, either make a late payment for a certain fee or you can spread the payments out over a longer period of time. But you want to make some sort of arrangements. Don't just walk away discouraged because it will cost you more in the long run if you don't address it um, right up front. Uh, and so make sure you, you go ahead and take care of yourself by taking care of that, uh, that those, those payment plans when you need to. And I think people might be confused that they think their return, is since their return is due on April 17th, that's when they're payments are due, but actually their payments are due before that. Right. Um, I have a question (laughs) because we do owe some money this year. Uh, Is it correct if you have had withheld the amount that you were taxed last year, if you owe more this year, uh, then you're when do the interest and penalties start kicking in for uh, failure to having withheld enough? Um, there are a couple of, of ways that, that that penalty kicks in uh, or is avoided. So if you paid 100% in of what you paid in tax the previous year, uh, that, that the penalties won't apply. The problem with that is a lot of people had less withheld, and so they're not being able to rely on that prong uh, of the test as much as they used to be able to in in acknowledgement of that, the service has lowered to, uh, if you have paid in 85% of what you owe this year, you won't be subject to the penalty. That number is usually 90%, but it's 85% this year. Or if you owe less than $1,000, you're not going to pay the penalty. You will always pay the interest um, until uh, you get those amounts paid. All right. Well, this hour has just flown by. Thank you, Professor Davis, for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for having me. That's going to wrap us up today for In Legal Terms. Our call screener for today's show has been Michelle McAdoo, and our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Don't forget, up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy Show, Relatively Speaking. But we hope you'll join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.